Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles podcast. I'm Rob McIntyre. I'm hosting in today for Devin. He's taking a nice seat back to let me take care of this one. We're going over our top six female competitors. And online, we have our usual people, Devin and Trace, as well as Pat Mayo of the Pat Mayo Experience. It's happening. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. We've been looking forward to this now. We've been trying to make this happen for a couple months to get you on the show. So we're really excited to have you and uh, have this uh, discussion slash debate slash eventual argument that we'll evolve into. There's going to be a lot of debate. Yeah, we're definitely excited to do this. I think I looked at the original post when we first started the survey, and this is from like February. So this has been months in the making as we've kind of slowed our podcast release and have started to ramp up uh, a little bit more lately. So we're excited to do it. Great. So Rob, do you want to give us a baseline of the intention of the uh, picks here? And we already, Devin already told us offline that he kind of ignored your rules, but uh, I think Pat and I kind of stuck to them. So why don't you give us your version of the rules and we'll go from there. Okay. So there was a survey of 60 people I sent out. Um, a survey of like 60 competitors. And then what you're supposed to do is just go through and give them each a score of 1 to 10, with 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. And then I took the average of all those results and then spit out a poll. Um, I went back through it after it was done, honestly, and factored out some of the ones that were clearly wrong and that they didn't understand how to do this. <laughs> unfortunately, with Tra- unfortunately, with Devin's, I, don't, I can't do that same thing. So. What do you mean they, you factored them out? Well, so I, when the way I did it was I exported it to a spreadsheet. And then there were some people that, like, they would do it. And so they would, like, say, for example, they had Evelyn as a number one. They would have Evelyn one and then Laurel two and then uh, Emily three. And they would just give them a score of one, two, three, which is actually the opposite of what they were, what mm-hmm. the poll would register that as. So Gotcha. So you didn't change the okay. results so much as you just kind of I got flipped rid of it to make ones. it correct. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm like That's those cool. pollsters back in the early 1900s who would get rid of the votes they didn't like. <laughs> Fair enough. Very cool. Was there anybody before we dive into this that you were surprised did not make your top six? Uh, no, because I think the top is like the top, and I don't know. This may be different from the three of you, but my guess is is probably similar. The top three is easy, um, and then there's like a cluster of maybe five or so that that comprise the next. Uh, group of three but i think i was pretty there's I, I would say my number four ended up being higher than i thought she would have been thought she would have been what about you pat yeah i i think that the top four is pretty clear to tell you the truth then you can interchange like one of 12 people for four and five or for five and six so if we were doing this like who is the most fun character like, then you can get someone like Tanya and put her inside the top six or or Katie Doyle, someone like that. But if, if we're going to stick by Rob's rule, which I don't know if we should, to tell you the truth. I mean, it's Rob. Yeah. OK, so I'll, I'll chime in on that. So the way I took competitor is I took two or three different factors here. I looked at number of final appearances, because even if you don't win the final, making it to the final is a big deal. Yeah. The second one was how do you do on dailies? And then the third is how are you at politics? Because politics is just as much a part of the competition as anything Completely else. Completely agree. And from the way that well, the see, survey was set up, that's the issue that I have with it. I think it explicitly says politics should be ignored. And I think well, that's yes, a huge mistake. Team. Well, no, well the first off, not necessarily. Not, okay, well, they're not ignored. They're, they, there's still an element of that that comes into play in the sense that you have the cutthroat ability to do what's best for your team. It's just different than what doing what's best for you as an individual. 
And see, I think it's one and the same sometimes. And that's we'll, we'll get into that on the list because there are two people in my top six that before we did this, I would have told you would have never been in there. But they're quote there. from quote from the survey. As a result, entertainment value and individual political ability should be factored out. In yeah, quote. Individual political political ability factored out. Team political ability factored in. Yeah, so basically but there are like whenever like someone's like on a team with someone like you're not always necessarily incentivized to use your political ability for the betterment of the team, right? With I any, understand like, that. Teams you, yeah. I understand that. But we had to come up with some parameters here. So that those are the parameters I came up with. Those just seem like the most fair to me. I feel like there could have been a way that we could have just talked about like the, this is, this is I feel like more so like a ranking of the best team member more so than it is like the best female competitor well, not necessarily in a sense sure because it is about evaluating how they would fit in on a team but to say the best team member makes it seem like just like the team mom is going to be at top that's not what we're looking at here it's who would make your help your team win the most yeah and for me like when i say team member that's what i mean i don't mean it okay. to be different from that but yeah mm-hmm. but i would say that if you're the qualities that it takes to be a good team member aren't necessarily the same qualities that it takes to be the best competitor and so i think that's where i see a little bit of a difference i see i don't i don't know you, if you I can agree almost like, hold on you can factor all of this out like if you look at so let's take landon so he's not a, involved in this ranking whatsoever at least i, I hope people didn't get that confused <laughs> like, like landon doesn't really have any political game his political game is yes. so good that no one's ever wanted yes. to put him in or go up against him so he is the best yes. yeah but then he's also an awesome person to have on your team because he's going to help you win Sure, but if you were going to factor in politics, you'd say, hey, Wes is really good at politics. But Well, see, but that's, see, Wes is still good to have on your team, though, because he's going to make the move. He, he is cutthroat enough to make the moves that will be best for your team moving forward. Yeah, there are diff- I would say that there are different ways that someone comprises their overall value, right? Some yeah. people, a higher percentage of their value comes from politics. Others, a higher percentage comes from political or from physical value. Um, and then you get an overall composite of what makes up who they are as a challenge competitor. Okay. There, there's one person where I think this really like affects them. And I don't want to mention who it is because I thought that might spoil things. But I, it definitely has an impact on the rankings. But I don't think it has. It should have a like, super significant one. Yeah. I, and I, I very much agree with that. I think towards the top of the list, it doesn't really affect it very much. Um, just because I would say the first three or four are very dominant. But... Like you, I think there's one person it does affect quite a bit, and I'm curious to see if we have the same person in mind. Yeah. All right. So do you want to get going here? I'll, I can list the top, like, uh, I can list 10 through 7 of the public list. And then if we have, yeah, and then we'll just go from there. Uh, so number 10 on the people's list. Give me one second. Where do we that, I, ha- I have it prepared. I was looking do for a dramatic drum roll. It's not like you're reading it. I'm about to. Okay, well, Heather Cook <laughs> came out at number 10 with a score of 7.06. My number and 10. Then, okay. Wow, look at that. And then my, number nine was... D, go ahead. My number 10, too, for Cook. That's wow, I'm impressed, because she was not even in my top 15. With really? her, it's just so hard, because her track... She only did the one season. You got one was, season, yeah. But she was yeah, just she so was dominant in that with, one season. She was toe-to-toe with Emily on that one season. Yeah. I think right. it's a fair pick. I get it. I just, I personally couldn't do it. There's another person that did not make my top six that will come up here in a second that y'all are probably going to just completely obliterate me for, but we'll, we'll get to that. I think Trace and I have the same person. <laughs> that is not in, or that is 
Uh, yeah. That we each have higher than we think you may. Okay, well, we'll see. All right, uh, number nine came out as DM with a score of seven point oh eight. Not in my top ten. I think she actually gets underrated as a competitor. I mean, I think this is more char- people putting her in for character points, but I, I do think her competitiveness gets a lot underrated sometimes. I do too, but she still wouldn't be in my top ten. Fair enough. All right. Uh, number eight. Here's one who might be raising Pat. my eyebrows. Coral. Coral? I mean, Coral ranked higher than Diem for me. Diem didn't crack my top 20. Coral's just outside my top 10. Yeah, I don't know how... She's another one. She's like... I, there was somebody else who I was thinking about with this, but she's another one where I think sometimes she can actually submarine a team instead of helping them. She would be in my top 15, um, but she definitely wouldn't be in my top 10. The top 10 is just... Very, uh, I don't know. She's right on the border. Uh, yeah. We talked a little bit offline about this, but there really is when you get off of the get out of the top four. There's a cluster of about, and this is like the same way that it is for like NFL quarterbacks. There's like a cluster of about like ten that on any given season could be in almost any order. Yeah, it's like the, what's the difference between Matt Stafford and Marcus Mariota? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then uh, number seven was Camilla. My number seven? My number eight. Yeah, she was my number seven, too. Yeah, Interesting. Camilla so, a weird one to rank. So the three of us do not have her in our top six. Because she's disruptive. She is a great competitor, but if she gets pissed off, it could poison your whole team. Yeah, I, I would on Camilla on my team, man. I think Trace and I both have someone in our top six that the public may be way lower on. Because especially I went by at their peak. That's the key. At their peak, do you want them on your team? I'm excited. All right. (laughs) Uh, Who wants to lead off with their first six then? Well, let's see what the people have for number six, and then I want to hear what Pat's got to say about his number six pick. Okay, number six was Sarah. I was higher on Sarah. So for me, it actually I actually picked two people for number six because I'm a coward like that. So I picked two, <laughs> two two polar opposites, and Sarah is one of them, and Smashley was the other one. Because, oh. I, don't know if, I don't know if they're polar opposites actually. I think their teams are pretty in, similar in terms of how they compete and what they're good at. They're actually very much the same. They're both really yeah. good at puzzles, and people really underrate how good Ashley is at puzzles. And we know just Sarah's a good teammate. Sarah's going to show up. She's going to try her hardest every single time. And Ashley is the exact opposite of that. You really don't know what you're going to get. She's kind of like the Ricky Bobby of the challenge. She's either the first person out or she wins. Um, mm-hmm. she has That's a that, great way to put it. She has that winning upside that I, it's hard to leave her out of the top six, isn't it? No, I See, agree. She's the, I, I left her out of the top six. Nine challenges, four finals appearance, two victories, six and two in eliminations, all around about as good as you can get. And I would say that at her peak, she is um, as competitive as anyone else on this list. But overall, in her challenge history, she definitely leaves a little bit to be desired in some well, of the are earlier we seasons. Sarah, that she or Smashley? Sarah. Sarah. Yeah, okay. Sarah got paired up with some really dud. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, let's see here. Yep. She had Vinny garbage. Well, she, she had, had some people that just quit. Yeah, Teresa, not good either. Trishelle. Trishelle, which would have Teresa been a good teammate good. if she had not quit. She had mm-hmm. a Caitlin, not Teresa. Yeah, Kate. oh, not Teresa, Caitlin. I meant Caitlin. Yeah, Teresa actually is good. Teresa too, is good. 
Yeah. And she was on the Bad Ruins team, which just had no chance of winning. Yeah. Yeah. And she still made the final. <laughs> and then even on – and if you go back to Battle of the Seasons 2012, if her and Czech get rid of JD and Devin, they probably win. Agreed. I would not disagree with you. And she is my number eight. Um, wow, and that's really probably eight. a little controversial. I just – I felt like there were a couple others that I would have slotted ahead just because of the political contribution. Sarah was – she only really had one season where she made the smart move for her team, which was her and Jordan when she won. Uh, uh, I don't see. I don't know about that. How, well, how many other times did she have the opportunity to do so? And that's the thing. The track record for that piece of it fell off for me. And the like, way she handled the politics on uh, Cutthroat was not good. So I had to pull her out of the top six. Her and Bananas might be the best female male yep. team that the show has ever had. Yeah, yes. I agree. Her at her peak is about as good as anyone else can get on this list. She's very dominant all around from a strategy perspective, a political perspective, physical ability and puzzles. She has a very well-rounded game um, and some very dominant performances at that. Her one thing, though, if you look at it, she's just not the best runner, which is the one thing that hurts her a little bit. Like if you go back and rewatch that Exodus 2 Are we now, sure about that? Yeah, dude, go, if you go back and rewatch Exodus 2, she's vomiting. She has to stop for her and Jordan to like, go puke on the side of the grass and Teresa actually outperforms her in that final it's just Leroy can't swim which is why they don't win she's also one of the people that has to tap out in cutthroat yeah. um in the final two but the I think in the in certain seasons in the final she also I I don't think it's noticeable how she performs as far as endurance goes well with seasons 12 it's just Devin so bad that like she's just going Devin's speed so it's not a problem rivals three final she was decent but she still got beat by Johnny so but the only reason she got beat by Johnny was because he stood on the log longer, right? And she let him. Yeah. Yeah, that's part that of the That was a poor, poor move on her part. Yeah, but it also shows, like, bad endurance because she just didn't have the endurance to go back up on the log. Is that true, or was she just... She, dude, just, if you, she, looks, she didn't look great that final. Honestly, if I remember she right, she right. was sick, and she needed to sleep, which is why she let him stand on the log, and she didn't think that he was going to backstab her, which she yeah. shouldn't have done better. I feel like right after this happened, she did a long podcast about this and talked um, explicitly sure. about it. But I don't remember off the top of my head um, what I'm reason sure she, she did it. what happened. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure if you go back to the Brain Candy feed, she talked about it somewhere. Yeah. So I actually had Sarah at number six as well. Hmm. She was my number four. Okay. Yeah. And like I said, she was my number eight. So is that everybody's number six but mine now? Yes. I think so. Yeah, I guess so. All right, my number six and a shocking move was Coral. Um, Let's see, but... it's it was difficult because y you all know I have not talked great about her in our previous episodes, but when you look at her peak performance, the political moves that she made, sometimes to the detriment of her own team, but oftentimes was the right decision. She is a force to be reckoned with, and whether you love her or hate her. She did perform well at her peak, and so there were a couple seasons where she was bad, but for the most part, even on her last season, Gauntlet 3, she quit because she got her feelings hurt, and so I, I reluctantly put her in my top six. I don't know how you can have over Smash Leo Sarah. I think they're both just better versions of the same thing. Yeah, I couldn't. Coral's like an outstanding personality, and... I mean, I, I'm curious to see if Kara ends up inside anyone's top six, because she didn't for me. But, like, she's the hmm. female face of the challenge. And Cora was just the face of, like, MTV for 
geez, like five, six years. Like she was, she was bigger than the show. Basically, yeah. her were bigger than the show. They were the reason the people watched. So that's a case for her, I think. Yeah. Well, but is that a case for her, or does that just make her an overrated competitor? Yeah, but no one cares about your stupid rules, Rob. But with the one evaluate, <laughs> your this is going to be way different. Hey, Pat, you just made a new friend right there. And, <laughs> just and kidding. That, and that and that transitions perfectly into my number six, which I think may get um, uh, a large response from some people on this podcast is Susie Meister. So she she's the one I was talking about when I think sometimes she can actually like sink your team. She's definitely a good competitor in her own right in terms of her individual political ability, but she tanks some of those teams, man. I think as far as her, and that's why I'm talking about an overall competitor. When I'm talking about an overall competitor, I think I'm in my mind, I'm thinking about someone who is in the time that they played most likely to win and succeed on succeed on on an individual season. And when okay. you look at Susie's track record, she's in three seasons. She won two of the seasons and made it to the final on the other and was four for four in eliminations. And against a number of circumstances where she was in conflicts with other players on her team, was able to persevere through them and somehow make the finals. Susie's a survivor player, basically. She's not a challenge player. Yeah, Su- Susie, well, at the time, Susie has the distinction of just being a, she's someone that gets along with all. She's very good at identifying who the best players on her team are and becoming friends with them. And she's not bad at anything. So she's never on the top of anyone's tongue to, you know, we need to get rid of Susie. She's going to sink us. Like she's just good enough at everything that now there is a skill to that. It's sort of like bananas. If bananas goes to the final, the reason he wins so much is he's kind of good at everything, but not great at any one thing. And that's the yep. perfect person you want to have in the final. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that was what was you had to take into account when you um, compared players from earlier seasons to the newer seasons, right? Because me, Rob made the comment that she's a good survivor player, and that's true. And the counter to that would be that the older seasons were more like survivor than the newer seasons are, where they've clearly made the decision that in the newer seasons, they want to make it more about athlete, athleticism and physical ability and cast people that fit that mold and build the show around that overall premise. But I find it hard to think, though, at the same time, that if you injected someone like Susie or even like your middle-of-the-road athleticism player from the earlier seasons, that, you know, fast forward 10 years, 12 years, whatever it might be, that all of a sudden they're not doing CrossFit all the time and just maybe they're in really good shape and they're better athletes. That's true. That's very true. That's like the same argument. That's like the like the Babe Ruth argument. You know what I mean? Like people talk about like if Babe Ruth like played today, he'd be like an awful player. But at the same time, he'd be in a different environment where he'd be training differently, eating differently, probably still eating a lot of hot dogs and drinking a lot of beer. See, but I, I don't, don't know, know if we can happened. say that for sure. Like that's just a complete hypothetical. I mean, exactly. You just don't know. You don't know. I mean, like, he could just be Andrew Bynum. The case against Babe Ruth and all of this is, is what if he had to play against people of color? God. Also very true. Also that very is true. A, and that is a stat you have to take into account. Like you cannot eliminate that. Yeah. Like, I, I, whole lot better. And that's why when we go when we go through this list, for me, like I, th- when I thought about each person, I graded them against the other people that they were playing at the time in their specific era. Yeah. See, because then the basic. So basically, with the challenge, that's like since they let the new people and now Turbo's on the show. I mean, Turbo would probably crack the top six. If we uh, yeah, easily. He's only done one season, and I would be like, yeah, I want Turbo on the fin- on my team I, I, for the final. I, I might have to put him at number one just so I know no, Turkish fans is on my message one. attacking me. <laughs> that, that, that's a different conversation. That is. Uh, 
Yeah. yeah. So uh, Susie of those picks is probably the most, I would say, unlikely of those top six, but I can't argue with Devin's reasoning there. I would say that is a legitimate, yeah, okay, cool. I can see that. I feel like these lists, honestly, are just going to be put how much regard did we give to Rob's rules or not. <laughs> yep. I thought we already established but at least that. We're, trans- we're, we're transparent with that. The audience knows that now. <laughs> yeah. In the audience. But I feel like after, after these first couple of picks, I feel like all of that disappears. Because I feel like the first one through three or four are so almost set in stone that regardless of what your definition of a competitor is, it's difficult to make an argument for anyone else out of these few. That's fair. Cool. All right, okay, so I think we're up to five. Let's see yeah. what people have to say about number five. Number five for the people was Rachel, and she was higher on my list. Higher on my list. She was lower on my list, and I thought she was going to be. Uh, I thought I was going to be higher than most other people too. So that's interesting. Really she's have, actually she's my number ten. You guys would really rather have like Coral than Rachel. No, that see that's where we're getting into the definition of um, like competitor. You know what I mean? See, if if you, you were going strictly based on physical skill, I want Rachel. But if you factor in team politics, she was a she was a borderline cancer on a couple seasons. No, she team. was not borderline. She was. She like submarine her teams. Well, she well, that like was the sexist two girls team. That, that team was submarine from the onset. You had sexist one. You had sexist two. I would argue that on the Inferno two, which we just covered. Yep. She was also brutal. And on the island, she made a huge political miscalculation that cost her her season. And so when you factor in that small piece of it of politics, it's like, man, I don't want her on my team. Yeah, there was only one season that I would say where her political ability um, served her as an asset. And I think that's dual two. And the only reason that it served her as an asset is because her physical ability was um, valued as high as it was in that season because of the format of the show. Mm -hmm. Completely. Patrick. Yeah, uh, Rachel's awesome. I would want Rachel on my team. She is probably, uh, she's like the, she's 80% Evelyn is basically what she is, which is way better than almost everybody else. Yeah, that's she's a like, very good comparison. Very good she's comparison. She's like more, a little bit more slender, taller Evelyn, but not quite as good at everything. I'm surprised that like, Trace and I are lower up on Evelyn um, than the other two people in this group. You mean Rachel? Yes. Or did okay. I say Evelyn? Yeah, Rachel. You did say Excuse Evelyn, me. yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I had her at number four, so I, I, I would, I would easily take Rachel over like Coral. I, I, I just like, like if you're, dude, if you're in a final, like you don't think Rachel's team is gonna have a higher chance of winning than Coral's team? Yeah, but that's just the final. That doesn't take into account all of the other steps that lead up well, to that missions, last event. Everything. If that's the case, then then you have to put like Easy E higher if we're not gonna factor that in. I believe in the Herm Edwards philosophy. You play to win the game. I want people to help me win the game. See, and I don't think, in my opinion, Rachel helps you win a final. I don't know that she helps you win a game. I, I think, think she, so. she's still so good at the daily missions, too. Now, if we're talking about this from a team format, you might be right. But if that's the case, if you're building one of these hypothetical fantasy teams, 
you know, even if she is the best girl, the, the second, third, fourth, and fifth best girl, also very good. You can just get rid of her. It's not that big of a deal. But if this is an individual game, she's tough, man. No, no. If it's an individual game, like Duel 2, I'm in. But even on the island, it was kind of an individual game, but not really because of the jury thing they did. Well, I, so, individuals, that, the island is just survivor. The island has no bearing on like, yeah. the actual I feel bad and Let's not get into an island argument. We have I, I enough time for, for that soon enough. Well, in the first place with Rachel at number four, where I have her too, but like the island is trash. Just throw that out. It's unbelievable. Oh, no, there we no. go. Finally have someone on my side. Rob finally has a person on his side. Yeah, yeah my side and like 98% of the people who watch the show. <laughs> also known as the wrong side. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with Devin. I like the island. God. What's yeah. interesting is that she had 23, ch- 23 daily mission wins in her career, and I thought she would have been a lot higher when you consider the fact that she played at a time when they had more... Um, yeah, but she was mission. on the girls' team on both Battle and Sexes. Exactly. And see, see, Devin, I think the other thing you have to factor in is that was also the era of what we called the janky carnival challenges. And it really doesn't matter if you're good athletically or not sometimes is if you're just lucky. Because Susie was on, like, half as many seasons as her, right? Mm-hmm. And she had two more challenge wins than Rachel did. Which is yeah, but she was also on like, the two best teams of all time. When you had, She was on the Champions team on the Ruins, and she was on the Gauntlet 2 Rookies team. Yeah. Cool. How lopsided were the daily missions in Gauntlet 2? I don't remember. I mean, if you have Landon and Alton on your team, I feel like you're doing okay. The yeah, daily missions on have... Gauntlet 2 were pretty good, if I remember yeah, correctly. Like, they actually because had the other team still had Mark Long, and yeah, the other team had Mark Long and Tammy, so they and weren't Derek. like awful either. And Brad. Like, if you just look at Duel 2, like she won like four of the nine missions on that season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's a much she's a much better competitor in today's game than she was in ten years yeah, ago. Because she wouldn't have to deal with all these janky stuff. She'd be like she'd be killing it now. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Like that that would be legit. If you had Rachel at her peak in today's game, I don't know that Cara Maria is as dominant as she is. Is Cara definitely Maria not dominant? It's compared to who she's going up against, which is the metric that Devin's using, so I'm expecting Cara to be number one. Which transitions us perfectly into my number five, which is Cara Maria. Oh, I see. Predictive. You and I are reading each other's mind, Devin, because I had Cara at number five as well. I, I also had Cara at number five. Wow. Oh, do you guys have Do you guys have fans of the show that just like, love Cara Maria and they'd be like mad at me that I didn't have her inside my top ten? No, not at all. Like, 10. no. She's I mean, just we're, like, we're covering the Inferno too, so she has. We have we're way past. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> like, so she. I mean, she's not. She's not great at first. She's a liability, really, to have around because like no one likes her, so no one wants to be on her team. Um, she gets better as time goes on, but like the competition that she like the seasons that she wins. Yeah, she beats Zach in like the worst final ever on Final Reckoning, but she just doesn't really go in all that much anymore. Like when she beat Bananas. And his, and his cousin on the Bloodline season, like, that was just such a stupid final. And that final elimination was just horrible to begin with. Like, it was very clear that they were going to end up winning. It just feels like she won soft seasons. Like, she's good, obviously. But now, I, it's almost like, you know how Bananas get thrown in every year now and every year he loses? That's going to start happening to Cara Maria soon because she's not that good. That and she's destroyed all of her relationships except for Polly. Five of the no, last I don't know about finals that. she's been in. I don't Five know of the last that. six finals. Well, well, I mean, there's a reason to kind of. If you get a final like the last one that we had, uh, which 
it did seem like it was going to go on that pace for a while, like the long distance one. Like you'd want to bring her to the finals. Well, if you're a, if it's, if they get rid of the individual one, it's just girls though. She still was probably. I, I would have been curious to see who would have ended up winning between her and Ninja if they didn't do the thing with the kayaks. Ninja. But she, she well, no, I mean, I don't know about that. She was Ninja. second. No, in the no, first no, no, sorry, Rob. The answer was Ninja. It's just like when well, Camilla beat her on Dirty Thirty. Well, yeah. Well, she it was also the Dirty Thirty final. They had the thing where you were paired up with somebody else, and they actually didn't air this segment where Jordan and Camilla just toasted everybody because they were on the bikes and Jordan just ran Camilla's bike faster than uh, Derek ran Car Maria's. Yeah. Okay. So I, I and I think if you're looking at her at her peak, I, I think I don't think she's that much of a toxic here team. I'm, if we're really talking cars, peak, I'd probably say it's probably like what bloodlines. I don't know. I would say her peak. I, I think her was... competition at that point is just lower than it is in other seasons. Like I think her peak may be like within the last few more recent seasons. Oh, see, um, I don't know and, about that. I think and the, play, and, the, gone and the players that and the players that she is just around the context context and environment that she's in is just different now than it was before. I even look at free agents. Like even she, she went in four times that year, I think is what it was. Yeah. Um, she she knocks out like Jessica. She knocks out Latoya. Like, great. I mean, she beat Naya in like a tug of war competition and Naya is massive. Yeah. Is Naya, but was Naya all that good? She wasn't great, but she was big and it was just a tug of war basically. I mean, she listen. Kara has a lot of heart. I, I don't want to make this like an anti-Kara thing. I think she's pretty good, but like, I mean, I would have her in the ranges, Cook and Susie and Paula and like that type of competitor. I don't know. I, I'd much. I'd if if we're going by my rules again, I'd much rather have Kara than Susie. And I think that's why I don't. I don't think I would argue very much with what you said, Pat, because for me, those cluster of players are very close together, and they're much further apart than the top three. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Mm-hmm. And so like so, if you said that you wanted to have them ahead of Cara Maria, yeah, I'm fine with that. Like I don't I don't think they're that far apart. Um I think there may be some subtle differences why I would have her ahead of those others. But at the end of the day, I, I think it's a it's a good argument either way. Yeah, so so the my just miss list was Paula, Cara, Susie, Veronica, Cook, Coral, Camilla, and Kellyanne just because I love Kellyanne. I'd put her at number one if I could. Um, <laughs> there was someone else on there, too, and I completely spaced on who it was. Kiana um, takes my Kellyanne spot. So I, I, will, I will give a hot take. Laurel is not in my top six. That's crazy. That, 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 you, you can, like, leave the show, Trace. That, that's an, a rep- She's, oh, in on, Trace. She's in the top Trace. ten. She's in the top ten. That's reprehensible. That, that, that is, like, How many finals other than free agents has she won? Okay, well, how many finals has any girl won? You're gonna put Veronica at number one then, because she's won three. No, but she is actually in my top six. Okay, so you'd rather have Veronica on your team than Laurel. At her peak, yes. That, that, that's an absurd opinion. That that, that that's like a, a fireable offense. Okay, like I, I this, this is why it's a list. It's subjective, and so that, right. that's we're, why we're, we do we're this. way off the rails here. But like, yeah, yeah let's, that, that, I think Pat still has his five to give. Yeah, Tori Deal was the other one I had on that short list just because I like her a lot. But obviously, sample too small. My number five is Jody. I like it. Yeah, I like Jody. Jody, I had just outside. If we're going peak performance, she's she's very likable. She has a few meltdowns whenever she's interacting with, like, The Miz. But we saw her win an individual one with the duel. She was good on Inferno 2. Like, she's just a tough competitor. And she has a lot of size. And that goes such a long way on the challenge. Mm Mm-hmm. 
With her, the hard thing is, though, just the season she's on, there's just no other good girls on. So it's hard to, like, evaluate. Like, on the duel, for example, she torched the duel. But who's the second best competitor on the duel? It's Atlanta, right? Well, she makes the final. But how she makes the final, but I don't know that I would say she was the second best competitor. She beats Beth like, on a technicality. I mean, it's probably Paula, like, overall. But Paula also is not in... Yeah, it could be. DM. I would go. Paul wasn't I, same shape. I would what? go DM. I always thought Kina was. That... Yeah, Kina. Kina could definitely. I. I. I mean, I have. A, I have a very strong personal affinity for Kina. We'll come on to on the gauntlet too. Yes, I, think I love Kina. Kina. Love Kina, but I could put her anywhere in the top fifteen. Yeah, that's but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, a rough cast from a female perspective. Two yeah. one's a great season, but it does not have the best female competitors. So I think that's just the hard Especially thing to judge. Especially because Tina gets DQ'd um, in the first episode, so that definitely thins out yeah, the, the competition. Early. Yeah, when losing Tina is detrimental to your talent pool on the female side, that's a problem. I don't know. I just look. She has three seasons, uh, nineteen challenge wins. She got knocked out in a really janky like elimination against Veronica on Inferno two in that like mummy rap one, which is really stupid. That uh, was a janky one. So she would have won that one too, and she won Gauntlet two, and she won the duel. Yeah, solid choice. I would totally pick her. I, ne- you know, I didn't even have her in my top fifteen, and now I'm regretting it. Now that you have put those stats in front of me, I'm like, man, she really yeah, probably should have been in there. Trace's list is just all over the place. It really <laughs> is. Like, I, I went with people at their peak, and I think I maybe gave more weight to politics than I should have, but I'm sticking with it. See, this is why this is why my rules were in place. So we'd be going off the same metric like here. Well. So if I put the, should. if I put the over under at 730,000 for her total Instagram followers, which you take the over or the under. Oh, for Jody? Uh, yeah. It's got to be under, right? It has to be over if that's a number that you're saying. That, that's true, actually, yeah. I, I, I will take the under. And the answer is under. She has 666 followers. Okay, so it's super low. Wow. Super low. <laughs> yeah, she just, she's, misdirection. She's just, misdirection. Yeah. She's just possessed by the devil is what you're saying. <laughs> Which is ironic because her tagline, the first part of her tagline is, God is my first love. <laughs> wow. There you go, then. Good times. All right. Now, that's a good number five, Pat. I, I, that's really good. I, I'm Solid regretting. Choice. I should have swapped her out, but I will I will stick to my list because, yeah. Anyway, number four. What we got, Rob? Uh, the people's number four is Kara. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. My Mine is like Rob's. I got Rachel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My number four was Sarah. Uh, let's see what Trace has for for us. You're gonna hate me. It's Veronica, number four. Yeah, yeah. That, that just makes no sense. It's 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 ridiculous. All right. How, how many All points right. do you put on her for being like the first challenge three way in that shower with Abe? Zero, actually. Uh, uh, <laughs> that would be the only excuse. Mainly because uh, Abe was the guy that they picked. So anyway, Abe ruled. Anyway. Yeah, I love Abe. Out on Abram? Like, man, he's crazy. Oh, Abram. Who, who else are you going to convince to participate in that scenario than a crazy person? Okay, you got me there. Okay, you also re- there. real quick on Abram. So you know how Kara's like petrified of needles? Yes. And then she was dating Abram, who gave himself face tattoos. 
this is also crazy. Well, he didn't give her face tattoos. Well, sure, but like if you're, you're dating somebody, he's giving himself face tattoos. That's Maybe a that's great point. She went on a show where she got a tattoo and all this yeah. kind of stuff, and yet she's afraid of an IV, like for real. I guess because they like blinded her from the needle. She didn't know what was going on. Oh my gosh. They thought she, she but, thought she was going to get a tattoo like a sticker, like you get when you're like six. Fair enough. All right, so my reasoning behind Veronica came down to several things. She won several eliminations. She was never an anchor on her team. Ever. That, that, that isn't true. When? Well, Ruins other than Final and Reckoning. Ruins and, and Champs versus Pros, if you count that. Well, if we count that, that was not her peak, though. Number one on this list. And then also uh, Final Reckoning, where she just... But see, then CC. once again, way out of her peak. Like, if you go back and you pick her Inferno 1, Inferno 2... Uh, that era, even with the janky carnival games, and even when it got a little more competitive, she was not the anchor. Even on the Inferno 2 final, when other people that we thought would be kind of okay on the final, she was not a problem. And then I, I and See, then but, from like, a if you're not a problem when somebody else on your on the final is, I don't know how much credit to give you there because you could have just been like a half step better, and you weren't the anchor. Fair enough. I, I give like, you that. Like Tanya was hungover, so she was the anchor. But like that doesn't mean Veronica was good. Just means she wasn't hungover. Okay. I, I don't. I won't argue with that. I I will just merely go with what I did on my list. And if you take peak Veronica, I want her on my team. If you were asking me for Veronica from the ruins on, I would want her nowhere near my team. I don't even know if I really want Veronica on my team, man. I think she's got a little bit of the Susie vibe in it, where she could just tank things. Like how many how. Throughout her seasons, how many different times did a team throw a mission for Veronica? A couple. Like, Never. An insane. Are you kidding me? Oh, for, oh, for, for her? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, a yeah, couple. you're right. It was a, it's it was like every season she was on. Yeah. Because and that was in the best interest of the team. It wasn't always in the best interest of the team, though. Yeah, it was because they wanted like Katie Doyle off her team. Yeah, they wanted Katie off, and then they wanted uh, a couple. Who was it in Inferno Two? They were trying to get rid of. May have been Tanya, but I don't know if they ever actually like successfully threw a mission for Tanya. I got eliminated. They did try to. They did try to throw one for Veronica that season, but it was the one with the money and the helicopter, right? Yeah. If you're gonna downgrade Rachel because of like being sort of a cancer to a team, Veronica's kind of the same way. Yeah, dude. She she's like she's talking. She was the ringleader of that little crew. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there, but I I will stand by it. I made my list and I will stick to it. Good lord. I would I would say the difference between Rachel and Veronica in that sense is that Veronica made decisions and political moves that may have been worse for the team but were better for her herself as a person, whereas Rachel made decisions politically and socially that were not only bad for her team but were just bad for for herself and got her eliminated. Well, via Rob's rules, uh, Veronica did not make it in my top 14. So I, I, and I understand that, and which is why we, I, I think we were operating from a different set standpoint there. So I will take the heat for it, but I guarantee you there will be six people on Twitter that love it. So we'll just go with that. Uh, it'll be six Trace Brunner accounts on Twitter that will be a fan. <laughs> I don't have time for that, man. I got I got lots of things in my life. I don't want, I barely have time for Twitter as it is. So, all right, I'll take the heat, but that's everybody's top. That's number That's, four, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Chase, I have no idea what you're up to now for these top three. All right. Do we want the people's number three? Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, real quick before I get there, though. So everybody got like an overall average score. And for everybody else on the list, Kara was number like exactly at eight. And she was number four. 
The hmm. number three person had a score of 9.57. Well, wow. I'm going to guess it's Laurel. It is Laurel. Yeah. My and that's where I as well. Yeah, I have her at three. three. I went Emily Schramm. Boo. Dude, I don't, I don't like. So that means someone. Know. That means Emily, Trace has someone really scorching hot. Yeah, in his Trace, hot top Trace is like gonna on have, fire hot. Emily Schramm is Laurel without all the baggage. Exactly why she's my number three. Uh, but see, Laura, I don't. Laura's got better mental game though. No, 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 no. Laurel has played some really dumb political moves on the show well, because of her pouty attitude. Politics, like like puzzle type stuff, like pattern recognition puzzles. That's different. Okay, I, I yeah, I could see why anyone would have Laurel in their top six, and I I I'm totally down with it. I, just I can't had... see why anyone wouldn't, to be honest. But yeah, I... that was the nature of this list, I guess, for me. I can't imagine having her outside the top three, but she's very clearly number three. Yeah, that's that was my opinion too. I had her pretty solidly at number three. I think Pat, Rob, and I have our top three are almost identical. I already know who y'all are gonna say. You're gonna say yeah. Emily and Evelyn is two and one. Yeah, don't spoil we'll, things here, Trace. We'll get there when we get there. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. I, I, I want to Laurel though. I do think like her final performance can be kind of a problem sometimes. Like, she won the free agents final, but she was beating Nani and Devin, so it wasn't like it was super impressive. And then she was in the cutthroat final. I mean, she wasn't good. Yeah, her team was obviously a, a crane wreck because everybody was getting sick, but she also wasn't good. And then Rivals won final. If you go back and watch that, she wasn't very good in that one either, so. I would say that her skill, she's, let, let's put it like this, she's much better at eliminations, which is very valuable, than she is in finals. Yeah, she's better in admissions and eliminate. Like, I think if you put her and Teresa in a final, I'd rather have Teresa. Yeah, and I think that's where she falls back a bit to the list, is that her finals performances aren't great. But you know, no one ever wants to go against her for one thing, so that's a big notch in her favor. And she wins most of these daily admissions. Like, I'm looking at yeah. Cutthroat. They won the majority of them that they time. They won, like, what, 6 of 10 or something like that? Yeah. And she yeah. got thrown in. That, I mean, that ended up being huge down all of their teams. They ended up with just too many people by the end that everyone got sick. Uh, yeah. Then you look at something like, I don't know, she went in two eliminations with Kara on, what was it? The original that was Rivals, yeah. And they just, they trounced uh, Camilla and Teresa, and I think they played, like, Jasmine and Johnny, which is, like, a free win. On free agents, she won most of the daily missions, and when she didn't, they voted her in. She just wiped the floor with everybody. She beat Jasmine, Anissa, Cara Maria, and Teresa. So, like, just in pure dominance, she's probably the most dominant individual female there's been, but the final stuff really does wear her down. Mm-hmm. Who is her one... Camilla um, beater. In the yeah. Thing. With the ropes. And, yeah, and I think that's a very tricky challenge. Um well, CT I broke think that it one, now, so they'll probably never do it again. Yeah, and they did that one before, too, didn't they? Or that, I don't well, know if they it, did it on done the challenge. Like offshoots of it. Yeah, they've done that on... If they haven't done that exact one, they've done ones very similar to it on Survivor, too. No, like Seasons so, 12, when they had, like, the four eliminations, that was one of them. And then, like, yeah, Frank and Ashley won. Two, they had it. Yeah. And then on, on like, like, even on the Ruins, the one that Kahuta and Wes did is pretty similar to that. No, the one could have had it in West, dude. Isn't that where they had like build that like ladder and climb up it? No, no, no. no that's the one he did with Chet. With Kahuta, it's the more you have like the ropes and you had to like hop. You just didn't do it, make it yourself. 
but there was ropes already set up that you had to hop through. Ah. Mm-hmm. God is and, now like southern, so he's really good at that. Yeah, that one. I I would say from the perspective of the producers, if they ever want an elimination to maybe be a little bit more random, that would be a good one to throw out there. I, I'm a big fan of that elimination, actually. It's just hard to tell what's going on. You do not like that one? I'm not a big fan, yeah. I, I just think it's so hard to tell what's going on, and now with CT breaking it, they'd have to just do it where it's already set up for you, and that takes out half the fun. Okay, so who do we have next? Uh, well, so is that, is, did we get everybody's three? Yeah, it's I Laurel and did. Emily, right? Well, no, yeah. no, I don't, no, I don't, did anyone have Emily? Oh, you had Emily, that's right. I had Emily and everybody else had Laurel, right? Yeah, including the people. All right, and then with a score of 9.58, we had Evelyn at number two for the people. My number two. My number one. I had a number, oh, you're, oh, you're with me, Pat, I had a number one, too. Yeah, well, I mean, that's clear. She's clearly number one. I, I, have swear the last time you ta- I swear the last time you talked, you had Emily number one. No, I, I say that to, just to mess with you. My real list wow. is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll come with my real list here. When, when you're just, when you're on my show and you're just bringing it up, of course I'm going to disagree with you. <laughs> Evelyn was my number two. Good I think Lord, for me, the Tracer, only... Who the hell do you have number one? One that you're going to hate. Em- Emily Bailey is my guess. No, I'm kidding. Siobhan. <laughs> Easily. Casey, right up there. Now, the reason that I didn't put Evelyn one is she has one piece on her resume that makes me hesitant to put her number one, and that was the fact that she quit against Kellyanne on the Ruins. I get that that her team and her were disagreeing. I understand she was up against her best friend at the time, but if there is a slim possibility that you're going to quit and hurt the team, it's really hard for me to put you number one. And but that is my sole reason for not putting her number one. But aren't we talking about, like, peak performance from these people? Yeah, it doesn't have, we don't have to factor in her quitting. We can go back to the island where she, like, cut everything and then went with her rivals and won. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's... From the political standpoint, that one really hurt, Was the, for me, was the ruins thing. If that does not happen, I'm all in on her being number one. I, I just don't really care that much about that. I just think she's by far the most well-rounded competitor the show has ever had. Yeah, I think she would be number one for me, except for some of the reasons that Trey said. I think at times, like politically, she's an absolute train wreck. But I don't think she's one fun. I wouldn't say train wreck. She, I, I would, made, she made two at times miscalculations. Yeah, I would, and that's why I would emphasize at times. But one fun fact that I found about her is that she's actually two years younger than Laurel. Yeah, she's young, man. She came on the show when she was 18. I don't think I knew that. Wow. Yeah, she's only 32 now. Yeah, so she can still come back now. Well, I mean, she's doing, she's like in London being an attorney, so I don't think she's coming back on the show. But she could, and she will probably be good. I think it's a safe assumption she will never be back, even for Champs versus Stars. That's unfortunate. Well, she she used her challenge money to go to Yale Law School. Worked out. Yeah. Well, that yes. well, her family is also rich, from what I've heard too. So I don't know that that would have been outside, but she definitely used that money to help out. I, I think she's the best finals runner too, amongst all the girls, and that's really like the number one yes. thing I value most important. I would not disagree with you there. If I am running a final and you have to say like if it's only the final, then she is easily number one. 
I just think, like, if I'm looking to win, I'm looking at final performance first, and then everything else is a pretty distant second and third. So I, that, that was one of my reasons in having her. Because if you look at even, like, an like an Emily or a Laurel, they're really not, like, great in finals because they're mm-hmm. neither of them are great at puzzles. And if you go back to the Rivals 2 final, the one Emily actually won, Paula really won at that final. So that's, that's one of the reasons I had at wing number one. Awesome. Is there anything else we want to say about Evelyn or Paul or not Paula? Shoot, Evelyn and um, who was the other number two that we had on this? Was it Emily? Was the other one? Yeah, Emily's my number two. I mean, she like I said, she's just better Laurel, and she. I mean, she does. We don't even know what her political game really is. She did blackface that one time. That wasn't good. (laughs) That was bad. (laughs) That was not great. Don't listen to that. Was oof. Yikes. But somehow she recovered. Did, did yeah. you walk? I think people gave her a pass because Ty gave her a pass for it. Like, do you remember her season of the Real World DC? Well, she's, I never she's saw basically, that. She's basically <laughs> like, if you're the show Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, that's just basically what she is. Yeah. So like, she doesn't really know the norms of society at all. <laughs> yeah. Fair. And she did seem genuinely remor- remorseful for it. Be like, oh, I didn't know this was a thing. I mean, yeah. you should know, obviously, but you know, people did give her a pass. Yeah. And I think that if she and Ty hadn't been such good friends and had passed before that, I think that the fallout from that would have been worse. But her legitimate apology and Ty's legitimate acceptance and forgiveness of that got went a long way for that situation. It's oh, not like this Camilla was also like Burke. pre-peak social media. Yes, yeah, oh, that's, that's true. That's fair. She might have been really savagely beaten online for that if it had been bigger at the time. Um, but you know what's interesting to me about Emily is we've only seen her on three seasons, and all three seasons she made the final and won one. And, and then if you count champs, champs versus Stars, that's four. She had no chance of winning Battle of the X's with Ty as her partner because he was brutal. Yeah, he was he was so overrated. Like they all thought, especially on Cutthroat, like Johnny Bananas overrated Ty to the nth degree, and it played out that Ty was really overrated the more he was on the show. Yeah, well, I mean, he was never really good. I remember he gassed out against Brandon on Cutthroat, and that was sort of like, oh, he's not good. He's fluff muscle. He's like that uh that dude that came on as Tori's boyfriend a few years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, popcorn Henry. muscle. Yeah. yeah, popcorn muscles. She's also 5-0 and in eliminations, and her elimination history, um, she didn't exactly go against slouches either. In Battle of the Exes, she went against Leroy and Naomi, Abram and Cara Maria, and Dunbar and Paula. And she took That's, out Melinda. She took out Melinda and Paula on Cutthroat too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paula's good, but her elimination track record isn't the best. Paula, I mean Paula and Bananas, they they're on the same season of the Real World. They're very similar in a lot of ways. That's actually kind of true. It's just, just mm-hmm. Paula's just not. They the show both anymore. peaked at the same time. And Bananas got he got a lot of the breaks, which he, he did to be really good. And like even in the finals where Emily ended up, like she she ran cutthroat with two N Jen. That was her partner, so that wasn't gonna work out. And then I love that somebody else calls her that. She's Jen with two N's for me. Yeah, I, I still have never met anyone in real life with two N's if they go by Jen. But hey, you see it on TV, TV magic. <laughs> uh, but then you have yeah the one with Ty where they ran on the Icelandic glacier, and that was very clearly CT and DM against Bananas and Camilla, and that was a great final. It was. If CT had not gassed out, CT and DM win that final. Like, yeah. CT legitimately gassed. Like, but he... That's a big body to be carrying up a mountain in the snow. Just, like, trying to walk through the snow, being, like... Because you saw it with, like, DM. DM was, like, skating on top of the oh, snow. Oh, yeah. So light. 
like and, just with CT would have to trudge through would be exhausting. Like people were like, yeah. oh, he smokes. That's why. That's not why. It's that wasn't why. Pounds. And Johnny passed him because he just stepped in CT's tracks. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting because the same characteristics that help you in a lot of the eliminations throughout the entire course of the season are also some of the same characteristics that may hurt you when it comes to the finals. Which is why should be number one, because she was good at everything. Who? Sorry, I had you fact that. I was going to say Evelyn. I said Evelyn. Yeah. Good at daily missions. She was good in the actual challenge. And when you got to a final, you weren't going to beat her one-on-one. And she's also crazy smart, as evidenced by being in Leo Law School. So she, I just think she's touched the complete package. I don't see how you can ever anybody else number one, really, honestly. I mean, she she made it past episode one with Danny as her partner. And Danny's like well, the worst ever on the show. She was still the first eliminated, though, because they had she elimination episode two. made it two episodes. And that's big for Danny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is the greatest technicality I've heard on this show in a while. Yes, yeah, she made it past the first episode, but they didn't eliminate anybody in the first episode. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Danny's All not right. great. Danny's no. the worst. Danny might legit be the worst. I don't no, know, there man, are people but... worse than Danny. Like, you want to talk about like Ty being overrated? I don't think people like really outside of bananas. I don't think anyone ever really thought Ty was all that good. People think like it's been so long since Danny's been on the show that people remember him as being good. But he like to what? Like there's guys... no way anyone remembers Danny as being. People good. think Danny is good. Well, just people I mean... know him like that. That's still the most watched season of the Real World. People know who he is. And, and you know what? It's getting more watches just... now. You can watch Real World Austin for free on Facebook for free you can watch that whole season i mean it will never go away those characters from real world austin just stick out because of how dynamic that season was you don't hear a lot about real world sydney no no well they also had that weird thing with battle of the seasons where they're going to come back on and be a team and then isaac had some weird incident happen back at home and they couldn't go a weird incident with isaac shocking (laughs) yeah yeah, there's funny thing too. I remember I read somewhere that coming out of Real World Austin, they actually thought like Danny was gonna be the beast competitor on the challenge and not West. Like he looks like he should be good, but he's just such a moron. Yeah. And he's I still just... think one of my favorite moments in the history of the show that involved Danny was Fresh Meat Two, where Wes is like, "We're a well-oiled machine." And no, Danny dude, the, be- the best Danny over Fresh potatoes. Meat Two. The best Danny Fresh Meat Two is when he says he wants to go up against Landon in the final to West. <laughs> He's like, oh, I think I can handle Landon. I don't know worry about going up against him in a final. I'm like, dude, oh. you should be worried about going up against Jay in a final. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's Danny was so confident that he was the best guy on the show that it just was always just hilarious to me every time he'd flame out. Yeah, he was like, an entertaining character. Like, I give Danny that. Like, I loved him on my TV as a character. Competitor? Eh. Like he was delusional. He was like the Dion Waiters of the challenge. Irrationally confident. Yeah. Like on Inferno 3 when he was furious at the rest of his team for not listening to him in that one mission. And then he went at home like the next elimination. And also, he was still wrong. They just didn't execute it properly because they were down a guy. That's why the other team won. Their strategy was the right strategy that they used. That was on the big like pillar knocking down the team. Yeah, it was like the um, battering ram, basically. Yeah, because I just yeah. watched that. I was like, no, you're actually wrong here, by the way. Danny. Yeah. Idiot. Shocker, Danny being wrong. Like, and look at, like, he lost with Evelyn as he lost to Weston Casey. In then exile, he lost to Davis on Interno, Inferno Three. Then he lost to Adam King. Then he, then he lost to Darrell. Like, not great. Fresh Meat Two. Who did he and um? Jillian. It's Jillian and Pete. Yeah. 
is Pete the Stoner guy or was that Dan Evelyn's partner? That was Luke. Luke. That was Luke. There was that was Evelyn's partner who cost her fresh meat too. Yeah. Yeah. Luke was not great. He was pretty stoned. Great. All the time on the challenge. Yeah, but he was so stoned before he showed up, he remained stoned the entire show. Literally, like that dude moved at the speed of smell. <laughs> Dan was the guy who kept getting too drunk on the island, wasn't he? Yeah, he yeah, was when yes. he was a sober by the time he got to cut. Through. Yeah, he has two names. There's Drunk Dan and Sober Dan. I mean, I would have been probably pretty blackout the entire time on the island, too. Like, hey, if I can't remember it, time goes by pretty quickly. Also true. That was a weird season. I love that season for so many reasons, but not for the competition. Oh, God, Trace. It, it is such the, a... Banana, I think Bananas goes a long way to try to get that like taken off TV because you never see it on on repeats or anything. No. It's fine. Well, I like, think it, the show probably does too because it's a bad look for them. It is the low, like the worst of Johnny Bananas. Yeah, it is the low of Johnny Bananas. It's the low of Dan for sure. It's the low of well, yeah, I would say the it's show, the low of Robin because terrible. Robin was a train wreck on that season too, running around with drunk Dan. Like, there's just so much like it. I want to be the producer that goes, hey, let's take away their food supply, but still give them an infinite supply of alcohol and see how this plays out. that seems like an intelligent idea. You know what? If I was the producer on the show, that's exactly the thought that I would have had, too. Like, hey, let's see how this works. Yeah. And we saw. (laughs) Yeah, it was not good. Since since I don't get to talk to Trace and Devin, you guys, too much about this stuff, do you guys miss the old vibe of the challenge where it was a bit more fun? Yeah. Yes, yes, but no. I think there's a healthy balance that you have to strike between entertainment and fun as well as competition. And I think that there are some seasons that do a good job of that. And there are some seasons where it's so focused on competition that it's not as entertaining. I would say the last last season like that was like the first Rivals, I think. Uh, Rivals 2 has actually got a pretty fun vibe, I think. I feel like... The show now just takes itself way too seriously. Yes. It's the challenge. It's a reality TV show. We're here. Let's have some fun. You don't need to treat like every challenge like it's Game 7 of the finals. And, and a lot of that might have to do with the people that they've injected into the show. Like, Amanda's fine. I get why she's on the show. But she's just she's such a zero for me because she does exactly what I don't want to see happen on mm-hmm. the challenge. Like, I enjoy when people get along. I, I really do. Right. Like, if they're having fun on the show, then it's yeah. in infinitely more fun like if you have one or two bad apples but not like that was the problem with all with all the are you the one people's that they were only there to like cause problems the entire mm-hmm. time as much as and, like I, I don't mind Devin so much but that's all he does yeah and that's why one of my favorite episodes every single season was the, the shit they didn't show because it was just them having fun and by that point in the season you had already grown to know the personalities of everyone on the show and you got to appreciate those small moments that happened that you didn't see throughout the course of the season. And here's a here's a hot take for me, at least. I might, I might have said this on the show before, but if I haven't, I'll repeat it. I think that the one season that balanced, maybe the final could, excuse me, been a little bit harder. But when you take the daily challenges plus eliminations plus entertainment factor, Gauntlet 3 is really way up there. Oh, Lord Almighty. The fun that the cast members were having, the pranks and, like, the shit show, even just on the show, I mean, I think Gauntlet 3 is up there in terms of balancing it. If the final had been harder, I think it would have been higher on people's lists of seasons, but the final, when the easy gas out and the rookies winning despite sucking the whole year, basically, 
um, it, it really hurts it. Where, where was it on your top six seasons, Trace? I don't even remember. I might have uh, been number six. I, I had, I think you had, I don't know. I, I, I did not have that. I was in my like bottom ten. Yeah. I, I like that season too because again, I, I even like the vibe of Inferno too. Like there's that whole like mini subplot where you know Susie's mad at everyone and then the girls on the badass team are mad at Tanya the entire time, which is kind of a bummer. But like you know the guys are having a tremendous amount of fun, just like getting drunk and wrestling and not taking it too seriously, shaving Landon's head, or maybe I'm getting that confused with Inferno Three. But either way, you're kind of mixing both seasons with that take. But it's close, yeah. I'm I just like all the Infernos, I think. I think that's the most fun yeah. set. Yeah, yeah, they're good. And at I think... Point... Go ahead. At what, point does... at what point does the show start to take itself too serious? Battle of the Seasons sure. 12. Uh... Maybe a little later, but that's really close. I, would I say think the injection of San Diego, because that season was not fun at all. Oh, no. Well, the yeah. thing is, what does that taking has... yourself seriously mean? Like, no, it's, it's, the first the first episode of Real World San Diego where Frank goes around and smashes all the plants in the house is just it's must watch TV. But like when you say take yourself too seriously, I don't think they're already the one people take the competition seriously at all. So it's not that aspect of it. It's like no, they're just they think, drama. They think that they're acting on a soap opera. I would say the ruins yeah. the beginning of the end for all of this because the first no. four episodes is just Wes Kellyanne fighting everyone and that's basically the entire show the entire time and like it just wasn't fun i i know dude the west part the west part of the ruins is where it's at uh, after west leaves is when the show is just terrible i think for me that's when the show really changed is oh, battle of the seasons so now that yeah. i'm now that i have the list the list of all the seasons in front of me i agree with trace because i think that is when the show really changed for a significant amount of time until we got back to Invasion of the Champions, it started to pick up a little. Then it really started to pick up with Dirty Thirty, and then Vendettas was very good. And oh, yeah, yeah, that's terrible. Final reckoning. Final reckoning. Actually, I don't mind the episodes individually. Just story wise, they don't carry at all. Vendettas oh. is the most poorly designed yeah. show that they've ever done. If we had to throw on, like, just people you enjoyed, it's not the best females, but, like, people that just from all seasons that just stick out in your mind. Like, Trace, is there anyone that just kind of, like, bubbles up for you? Because, like, I love Tanya and Katie. Anytime they're on a season, I love it. Katie. Like, she, to me, is the most entertaining female that has ever been on the show. Like, I love when she gets angry and fights. Like, a good Katie Doyle fight is hilarious, and you will belly laugh your way through the whole thing. I mean, I love Katie Doyle as a cast member, not necessarily as a competitor. Who was it on Inferno 1? There was the fight that, uh, I think it was Katie and Veronica, when Veronica, like, had her top off in the room. Yes, that was Katie and Veronica. There there was the most, like, it's the most, like, gripping and, like, deadly insult of all time that, like, they started making fun. I think Katie started making fun of Veronica's skin. I think she called her. She looked like a un... Like a orange peel that was left out on a dresser for two days. I think that's <laughs> what you described Veronica's skin as. That's just yeah. harsh. And then like Miz is calming Katie down in a bathroom after that fight. Like that that season, we I remember when we talked about that season. The memorable moments really came from the fights, especially that, and then the Kendall and Leah elimination, where Miz is drunk and screaming, and then everybody is drunk and screaming at each other by the end of it. And then Dave Burns runs into the uh, elimination area nude. 
Yes. And then you've got, uh, was it Dave Mira, who's just baffled by everybody? And Dave Mira doesn't know what's going on. No. Okay, he knew less for, about okay. what's going on than, he is the worst challenge host. Okay, he's worse than Victor Cruz. Let's just say if someone was hosting the next season, who would be worse, Victor Cruz or Dave Mira? Oh, Dave Mira's also dead. Dave Mira's dead. That'd be, that'd be a tough look. Unless, that would be it. Unless Weekend at Bernie's him. Okay, well, let's say if you were uh, in a hyper- I would rather see the Weekend at Bernie's Victor Cruz than Dave Mira. <laughs> Victor Cruz is bad, man. If you, Chaos vs. Pros actually is a decent watch, but like Victor Cruz is not good. Yeah, I guess just, and I hate to speak ill of the dead, so please do not take anyone listening to this as me making fun of him for I, I already that. have. I don't even know what you're going to say, and I have. I, I, He has about as much charisma on this show as a coconut. Like, there is nothing <laughs> that he brings to the table that entertains me. There is not a single Dave Mira moment where I'm like, oh, that's great, that's funny. With TJ... There are great moments where he rags on people. I mean, Johnny Mosley, heck, our whole every episode of our podcast prior to his leaving, the highlight was the Johnny Mosley jokes. So it's really hard to call him a bad host when we got that much material out of it. So, and even Mart Long and Eric Nice were better than Dave Mira. Would you call Johnny Mosley the best or worst reunion host of all time? He's definitely he, a bad reunion host. But he was the best reunion host. <laughs> He's the most entertaining reunion host, or and most entertaining after show host, too. That's what gets underrated about Mosley. Well, there was one season on the after show where Mosley was hosting, and they would just do jump cuts the entire time. They were like, oh, yeah. we don't have like a huge budget to edit this, so we're just going to cut out all the parts where you're an idiot and just splice it together. My question is, is why did they keep bringing him back? <laughs> like, they knew he was bad on these after shows, but he showed back up again. And then the Rivals 2 live reunion, oh, yeah, they haven't had him back since then because that no, was. No, just... they had him on free agents. Oh, they did? Oh, I yeah. forgot about that. Oh, my God. On the Free Agents After shows are awesome, where there's the one where um, Naya and I think, is it Jasmine? Naya and somebody come on, and they're, like, just screaming at each other, and Mosey's just like, ladies, ladies, please calm down. It's, it's the best. <laughs> I loved CT on Rivals 2 telling Johnny Mosley to mind his business. <laughs> Johnny being like, okay. <laughs> Or the, the the best part's night punching Frank in, or night punching Frank in the face and then security's carrying night away and then Mosley's like anybody else got questions for Frank as the show Frank. <laughs> I've had enough vodka that that's way funnier than it should be. Uh, well, let's let's get to number one here for Trace. I mean, I think we everybody we all know everybody else. It's it's, it's it, the people said Emily, right? The people said Emily. We I say Evelyn, but okay. Y'all are going to really hate this one, but if you go by, the, do. go by the peak, Rivals 1 and Rivals 2, I want Paula. Oh, my God. And the reason – now, okay, I so, know that we're looking so, at the entire track record, but so – so Well, we're not looking at the entire track record. He has the best player as the partner? The two, yeah, yeah, she's got Evelyn and Emily as a partner. That's fair, but as you even said, Paula helped Emily win Rivals 2, okay? And – until War of the Worlds, Rivals 1 was the hardest final they've ever done. And Paula and Evelyn were way ahead of the girls, just like Wes and Kenny. If you just had a one-day final and did that exact final, Wes and Kenny won that season. Paula and Evelyn smoke show Laurel and Cara Maria on that season. And so if you take Paula at her peak of Rivals 1 and Rivals 2, 
She had the endurance. She had the puzzles. She had the politics for her team. She played the game perfect for two straight seasons. See, I actually, I actually thought I, Paula was like underrated by the public. Like, I think Paula is really good. I actually really want her on my team just because she is, yeah, good at finals, and then she's also not bad at missions. But having her number one is just crazy to me over Evelyn. Where did you say the public had her? They, she, they, she was low on the public list. They had her. Let's see. Uh, they had her at number seventeen. And There's, see, I think if you factor in her performance on the island, which is which you both, Pat and Rob, will say, you, we just don't need to count. But she had some pretty bad political moves, like dual two. She could have rode Evan's coattails in that alliance all the way to the final had she not tried to protect Dunbar. <laughs> that was dumb. Like, just dumb, dumb, dummy bear was picked over Evan to protect. Okay. Well, she, yeah, for like the public list, for example, she right, linked right next to Jenna, who I think isn't even like a top 40. She would be in my top 25 because I All think right. Jenna has the potential to be really good, but I think she's actually gotten worse over time. Jen, Jen, Jenna just beats up on dirt craft competitors and then gets credit for it. But I, I am willing to hear arguments against Paula, but for me, if you take the hardest final and she smoke showed it with Evelyn and then Rivals 2, which was not nearly as hard as Rivals 1 by far... But the fact that she played both of those games perfectly, right politics, right alliances, she won. I mean, granted, like you said, she had the num on my list. She had the number two and number three female as her teammate. So that does play into it. But it's also from a political standpoint for rivals. I mean, I think that's the way a lot of people play this game now is they fight with people hoping they'll get paired with these good people for later seasons. Yeah, I don't know if she knew that at the time. I don't but, know that she knew that at the time, but I go with it. I I, I want Paula because she is on a final. She has never sucked. Yeah, Paula's fine. She's not number one. Ev is number one. Come on now. Uh, Evelyn is number one. I actually, I'm actually disappointed because we ever did do this like all time draft thing. I was hoping to be able to pick Paula, and now it looks like I'm not going to be able to. Texas well, going to pick her like the second round. No, well, she was. If if we are if we are talking, if my first round female draft pick, there's not a free ball draft. It, it's, it's, no, it would be everybody. It's everybody. Oh, oh it's God. Everybody. You'd have to. Yeah, you, you, it would be like fantasy football. You end up with different positions. So you'd have to have like. So you have to fill the different. So you'd have to fill yeah. like, let's say, eight women and eight men. Pl oh, and of those, you have two anchor. You have one anchor. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll work off the logistics of this if this happens. Okay. But if you, yeah. Hypothetically, it would be, let's say, you pick an Inferno team. Five guys, five girls. You need to do a snake trap. I think the first pick is either Evelyn or Emily. Yeah, I would I was, say I you're gonna have you're probably gonna have Evelyn pick. and Emily, and then I think Paula's next for most people. I mean, maybe no, not. She, no, well, I mean, maybe according Laurel. to this poll, she's 17th. So, man, that's a mistake. Yeah, that's. I, cool. I actually I agree. I I would have her way higher, but I think in, in, in the context of building a team, who you want in your team, I'd have Paula way higher than 17. But she's not better than Evelyn or Emily. Mm -hmm. Rob. Uh, not going through the entire list and reading them off one by one. Uh, you're the one who's actually seen the entire list. Is there one person on the list that you were completely surprised by where they were ranked? I wasn't surprised by Jenna more than I just blatantly disagree with it. I just, but that's not a different thing. Who triggers uh, Jenna? All right, here's a here's a great one, and I think this is a great moment because I, who is the one female competitor who? 
had a great one or two seasons. I, I mean, somebody was it Pat? You said Heather Cook, right? Yeah, yeah, Cook is that one for me. Cook, Cook and Jody would be on that list. Brittany from Duel 2 would be on Brittany. that list. That was going to be the person that I was going to bring up, because if Brittany had done more seasons, Maybe. I think she's higher. She's but, also paired with Landon. That yeah, season. She was so why do we give... When you're why do we give... Enough to really be all that bad. So why do we give Cook... And I'm not saying that I have an answer for this, because I rank them this way too but why do we give cook as much credit as we do while only being in one season and Brittany not as much oh, and that's... having almost as dominant because britney's paired with landon and cook's paired with Kara before she's that good and, and, and cook was way better than Kara on that season yeah if you go back and watch that cook is carrying that cook team is carrying that team that's not a, a misnomer that is true i think there's a few factors that play into why people love cook number one for the generation of people that are mostly watching the challenge now, they probably watched Real World Las Vegas too. And she was a big part of that love triangle with Heather and Dustin. And it was a it was a big storyline. And then on her one challenge appearance, she was great. So people were left wanting more. Whereas I never saw Britney's real world season. My only exposure to Britney was dual two. And even though she was paired with Landon, she carried her own weight there. And even in the final, I mean, she was up against Anissa at third. So I I don't think Anissa's anywhere in the top 30. Am I correct? Is, is, Anissa should be like bottom five. I would agree. She, Anissa, if you were ever, she has a great elimination record, though, which still baffles me. She's, she's sort of like old Jenna, where she just kind of beats up on scrubs because she's so much bigger than everyone else. But, like, that is the person you want to bring to the final with you. But I, I think Anissa is like the exact opposite of the person you want in your team because she could actually stick around because she's decent in eliminations, but then she just would tank your final. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, you, like in the Duel 2 final, like you, you would want to protect her, so you would have to go up against her in the final because she's just going to be a zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, one thing I'm looking at this first I think is just strange. So um, the, the 60th place, the last, was Cameron Eubanks from uh, Real World San Diego 2004. From and Southern. She had a, yeah, Southern Charm. She had a score of two, uh, 2.7, and then Nicole Ramos was ahead of her with a 3.2. Why is there such a massive difference between Cameron Eubanks and everybody else? Because people remember Nicole on the show, and they don't remember Cameron. Well, like, I had Jill Tuttle on this list, who's on two episodes, and they, I wish they remember her. Because it was recent. I mean, that's, I mean, quite frankly, I had forgotten Cameron was even on the show until we brought it up tonight. All right, well. She's on Gauntlet, too. Which we're about to watch. <laughs> Wait, is she on Gauntlet too? I believe I so. She was on, That's I her she was only on season, season, isn't it? No, no, she's on the Gauntlets. She's on Gauntlet too. So she's on two seasons. Yeah, Hold so you. Yeah, she's, she's on Sex. She's, she's on definitely on Sexist too, because we we've discussed her previously. So okay. She's definitely on Sexist. Then it might have been her only season was Sexist too. I honestly don't remember her. That's how much I put stock in her. No, she she was just too. In Sexist 2, she was just completely overwhelmed, remember? It was her and who was the girl oh, that... Man, she is on two seasons. She's on Gauntlet 2 as well. That's crazy. What was the yeah. name of the girl that Frank was kind of flirting with on oh, Sexist 2? Oh, yeah. Uh, who's that chick? The one that was terrible. Oh, Angela. Um, Angela, yeah. yeah. From Rolled to the Extreme. Which is interesting because she was a terrible competitor, but as a character, she weirdly stood out that season because so much of the story until she got eliminated revolved around her she was just so weird man never people just didn't get her 
It's funny. Like, if you look at the teams that made the final of Gauntlet 2, I know you guys are going to watch this soon. Like, it's so stacked for the team that won, the rookies team. But the mm-hmm. back of that team, they properly got off everyone who sucked on their team. Yep. Like, the thing is, it doesn't even matter in the final either, though. No, but, like, the, the team that the veterans bring to the final was god-awful. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, the Gauntlet 2 veterans team had good people on it, but they chose terrible ones to keep around. Yeah, like, they yeah. knocked out Derek and Brad and Cyrus and, I mean, Ruthie, who's not bad. And you and- can even make a case that Adam, you know, we don't have a great track record on Adam, but he looked like a decent athlete doing the eco challenges and stuff like that. So... It's interesting and to Adam, me, like, he's your first captain, and then you throw Derek in against him? It wasn't a well, great that, that was, choice. That, that was Adam Larson. That was uh, Adam King was on the rookies team. That's right. I, I meant Adam Larson for the oh, best okay. on that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess because yeah. Adam King is, like, if we do, like, comps, he's kind of like Derek because they're both the same size. Just he has no heart. But no, he's I actually think quite good Adam King is one of the more overrated people on the show. No, no people, one thinks he's good. No, I don't yeah, think anyone thinks, thinks highly of him. Okay, uh, well, I would hope not, because, like, he was never... He was, like... I'm trying to think of a really lame superhero sidekick, because that's Adam King to a T. He's, like, um... Arthur from The Tick? Sure, we'll go with that. I like that analogy. He's a goofus who thought he was way more important to his team than he ever was, and the only reason that he stuck around on Rivals was because he was partnered with CT. And the only reason I- he was brought back was because CT beat the crap out of him on Duel 2. I think my biggest takeaway from this podcast is that Adam King's biggest comparable is probably Danny. I was going to say, that uh, that just popped in my mind too. Yes, they would be perfect for each other. Yeah, they would. Oh. Put them on a team together, please. Oh, in yeah. their peak, let Danny and Adam be team delusional the whole time. Looking I mean, at do the, you, Do you think at, that Danny can get time off from what I assume is his construction job now? I think Danny would come back if and this is a big if it didn't involve his ex-wife because they were they were supposedly going to be on like exes two and then melinda backed out not bringing danny back that would be just insane at this point yes i i i still think that if melinda had not backed out that would have brought another interesting dynamic to exes two i don't think they would have gone very far because they're not really good but it would have at least made for some interesting television. Who um, who would they have replaced? Probably just one of like the Scrub, Are You the One teams, or like yeah, Dustin and I, Jessica. Honestly, I just don't remember who all was on Exus Two. That's how I mean it was Love Zach it. Yeah. John A was a it was a couple on that, right? Yeah, that was I one of Exus the. Too. You do like wasn't that. Ranked as one of the worst seasons when we went through... Oh, God, no. People loved Exodus. No, people loved it. We were not as high on it as the people were. Okay, I, I was very high on it. I had it in my top six. I had it number you, you four, probably, say. You probably could have got rid of uh, Simone and John. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see, and, I actually quite enjoyed John. Or, or Devin and Cheyenne, maybe? Or Thomas and Haley? I don't even remember them being on the show. Haley wow. won the award for eyes furthest apart. Man. Yeah. I'm Exodus 2 was number right. 7. <laughs> yeah, Exodus 2 was number 7 on the people's list, so they quite enjoyed it. I had it number 4, I want to say. I don't remember, but I know it was definitely not in my top 6. I'm looking at this right now. Why was Dustin paired with Jessica? God, well, I hate Jessica. They hooked they up together on Free, on free Agent agents for like an for like, episode. Yeah, Dustin was gone pretty quick. Well, that's rough. Rough look for Dustin. I know he did like a, like did live streaming porno, but come on. <laughs> yeah. 
Jessica's not great. How, how, many seasons how glad is everyone that they don't... I would love to have Dustin back. I was I just about to say... I, I was just like about to say, how glad is everyone that... Sorry, go ahead. Finish your thought. How glad is everyone that they don't have to watch Jessica McCain on their TV anymore? A lot. Oh, she annoyed the hell out of me on that. Oh, God. So were we all out on Jessica? Who was a big fan then? No one. Yeah. No one. Yeah, Dustin for a couple episodes. <laughs> True. I, 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 on Rivals 2, her and Anastasia actually are a decently entertaining pair because Anastasia is just like... Still the big, still I think TJ's finest put down ever in the history of the show. Maybe if you don't eat and smoke cigarettes, you could be better or something like that. Or yeah, maybe you do better if you don't eat and smoke cigarettes. Something like that. I can't remember. I just remember being like, "Oh, that was a burn." He was not high on her. Yeah, you need to be like very bad for TJ not to like you. Like, it's not just a lack of effort because, you know, he'll be like, hey, you quit. I'm like, get out of here. Like, when you told that Brandon guy, see you never. Oh, but, that was funny. That, that was good. He just seemed like a scrub. Anyway, there's people on this rival or this X's 2 season that I would love to see back. Like, I haven't seen Dustin in a while, Johnny Riley in a while. I really like Avery. Get her back on the show. Yeah, I would love to see Avery back. I would love to see Riley back, but I don't think he's ever going to do the show again. I think after his last one where he was paired with Jessica, he was like, yeah, I'm done. Teresa. Oh, I love Teresa. I'm yeah, she's made to an NFL back. player now. I don't think she's coming back. Yeah, but TJ oh, Jones blew out his knee. Maybe uh, he needs to do this now. Maybe he needs exactly. to go. On, go on the they channel. need some money. Fair enough. They well, can that, have on the next like Champs versus Pros as a celebrity couple. That would be brilliant, actually. I'm in on that. So, all right. So, I, I think that kind of wraps up the, the top six female competitors. Since we have Pat on, and we have done a top six seasons, and this, we don't know when we're going to get to chat with you again here on the show. Give us your top three seasons. I am very curious where you land on this based on your podcast and everything that you do. So I went through this. I think Rob and I actually talked about it. Yeah, we did this. So Okay, I must not have heard it. So I will be the ignorant person and ask who your top three were. Uh, I mean, I probably have them. I feel like they change all the time. I think the duel was the best season. Uh, uh, see, when we were talking, you had Rivals number one. I've convinced you I, Rivals, the duel. So, yeah, those ones are one and two, duel and Rivals. And I think it's probably Inferno 2 is number three. Interesting, because I think Inferno 2 is my number six, and then after the rewatch, it dropped a spot or two. It was not far, but it dropped a little bit, just because the ending episodes until the final were a little hard to get through. Yeah, but I mean, I just enjoyed the house in that season. It's very good. It's enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I just like hanging out with those people. Absolutely. And I'm with you. I think I still stand by Ravels 1 is the is the best season that they have done. And you could probably make arguments for others, but for me, like Rivals 1... Uh, as someone who had been a fan of the show since day one, when Rivals 1 hit, I remember it was like appointment television for me that season. I saw episode one, and that was at a time in my life where I did not have free time. And so, like, I would make a point to not do things to watch Rivals 1. Oh, let me ask you guys this thing, because I think Rob brought this up the other day. He's like, episode three of War of the Worlds was the greatest episode. episode two of War of the Worlds is one yeah, of the best episodes yeah, ever. You're, you're absolute fake news. The best episode of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's the opening episode of Duel 2, right? Oh. That's just like eight minutes of TV, man. Like, nothing else in the episode matters. Yeah, because it's eight minutes of the greatest TV moments maybe of all time. Oh my god, it's just it's just TT going insane. Like, it, Pat, I will give you that it is definitely top three because that episode is great. Like, it really is. 
Like I don't it, know. It's I'd not have a to, great I, episode though. It's a great eight minutes. Rob, Rob, have you considered that you don't know anything? <laughs> I, I haven't. Found. And you're just wrong. Like I, I've tried to get kind of people into the challenge, and it's weird. Like to where where do you start someone? trying to get them into the challenge. And I guess it depends on who the person is, but the majority of time you show someone that first episode, they're in. See, they're that's like, been, yeah. been my experience with episode two this season. I, I think that's more of an actual challenge episode and not just Bad Girls Club for eight minutes and then what? who knows what happens to the rest. I really think it depends on the person. Like, if you have mm-hmm. someone that sure. has watched the show, like they've seen a couple of the recent seasons and they go, hey, I want to see the history of the show and I want to start at a good point, I would probably point them to either I would say the duel. Like the duel really is I think the duel's a little bit slow. I I mean I have the duel number one on my seasons list, but I think it's actually a little bit slow to start. So I don't know if it's see that's the thing. That's the point though. If it's someone who is new to the show, they've watched a few episodes, they're bought into the show and they're ready to go back and see how we got to this point. The duel is where some of the characters that are still hovering around today as Challenge Legends are at their peak. You got CT at his peak. But what CT, I think we even had this. CT's had three peaks on the show. CT's, C, CT's peak season is actually an interesting discussion. Like, what's his best year? It could it could be in Inferno 3. Inferno 2. Yeah, Inferno 3, he gets kicked off for beating up Davis. Oh, yeah. That's it could be, be Duel Am I thinking about Gauntlet 3, then? No, uh, yeah. Inferno... Uh, Gauntlet, uh, Gauntlet 3, he was good, but Inferno 2, he was pretty dominant. We just watched it. I mean, he really was the dominant competitor. It's just his team didn't win. Well, well he didn't... him and Landon are pretty neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Well, and then Landon, well, in the one time that they faced off, Landon smoked him, remember? But I think that yeah, just speaks to, like, how dominant Landon is compared to everyone else. But, yeah, I think if you're talking about CT's peak, it's probably Inferno 2 or maybe Gauntlet 3. I don't think he's that good on Gauntlet. Gauntlet 3 is a terrible teammate, first off. And then secondly, like, is he in that great shape, Gauntlet 3? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's in yeah really- he was in really good shape. I mean, he, he was pretty beastly. It's just you were on a cast that was... That that vets team is stacked if you take away Big Easy. Like that is really a strong team because you've got Evan, Kenny, Bananas. Dan. Okay, Danny. No. Danny, Adam, <laughs> Big Easy. Yeah. You you have a couple of people that are questionable, but even Adam King has his role in that team. He's the little guy who helped them win a couple challenges because he was little and he was agile. So he had his place on that team. Easy is just a giant anchor who did nothing on that season but cost his team a victory and they were all too scared to go up against him in an elimination to get rid of him when they had the chance yeah that, that that's do you think that the producers set it up that way or did they just that was a I don't know, the producers with those team seasons are so weird because they seem to just put no emphasis on making the teams balanced at all well, yeah. I, I enjoyed Cutthroat when they let the three people draft and yeah the draft. they still did that wrong just, though like how did the draft not serpentine at all it's just fixed I mean, that was the, the least of the problems that the draft had. Just the people that they – wasn't Dunbar the first pick? Yeah, Dunbar. Dunbar is your number pick. one draft pick. And then I think that like is... Vin, yeah, like Vinny was second too. Yeah. And then, but, and then you had Siobhan who picked Bananas, which, okay. All right. I'm in on that. I can see that thought process. And then after you got past the first round, it was the other people drafting at that point. No, no. That, that, it was they, – they drafted. It was, the, it was the three captains the whole time. Well, 
if you I, I seem to remember watching the footage of them looking at the other vet to ask who should be next. Yeah, well that 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 was true. Because Katie was the only one of the captains who had like been around for a while. Mm-hmm. And Camille was and, like straight out of Brazil, so she knew nothing. Yeah. And so like I think Cutthroat Cutthroat is an underrated season, but I think if you had reversed it and had who won the races be the pickers, I think that season looks extremely different and way more competitive. Agreed. I just think it says I don't. I just don't think Cutthroat's casted that well. Like some of those fringe cast members on Cutthroat are terrible. There's a lot of people on that season though. Well, yeah, yeah but like we see we see a cast with 30, 32 people now, and they're thirty. It's easy to find a bunch of entertaining people. Yeah, but they do the purges now. Back then, a purge wasn't even in the the. Yeah, but it's not even that though. Like, look at like like if you look at the gray team, like the guys on the gray team, everybody outside of Abram is such a non-character. I I would not disagree with you on that because Luke is to me a boring cast member. Sober Dan was not entertaining. JT is awful. I'm sorry. I, I don't. Vinny. Oh. That was yeah, a br- it's, it's, you're reminding me how brutal some of that casting was now. The, the, cast, and the, the girls, too, are bad. So a lot of the girls' casting is bad, too. Siobhan is on that. Emily from Cancun is on that, who's awful. Oh, Emily with two E's. Oh, yeah. Emily with two E's. and Jen, Well, Jen with two N's at least is entertaining, but she is one of the most overrated competitors. I mean, she was on she's the show. She's not overrated. She's just a good politician and then not a good competitor. I, I think she's pretty properly rated. Like, she's okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's better than the worst people and not clearly as good as the good people. Yeah. She's just not as good as Susie, basically. Yeah. And see, I remember now from our top six, like Fresh Meat Two is in my top six. It's from good. the political standpoint and some of the mission standpoint, like I'm all in on that. And it's one of those interesting things where you look at that cast too though, there's some real throwaways in there. Yeah, that's my, there's two things with me in Fresh Meat. Yeah, the tertiary characters on Fresh Meat Two are so bad. I don't even remember who they are at this point. Yeah, that's part of the problem. <laughs> it's hard to remember all these seasons. Who was the back end of that cast? It's like, it's like well, Tara, um, Tara and Darrell go first. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, the, all of the, the Fresh Meat guys was, were pretty boring. Like, like, the Fresh Meat guys were pretty bad. Pete was yeah. boring. Noor was boring. Brandon showed up and cracked a beer and got DQ'd. Yeah, you know DQ'd. what? He is the dude that is very much gotten like the short end of the stick. Because he's one of those dudes where... I think on Cutthroat, he went home probably sooner than he should have because he became the scapegoat for the red team. And I get it. That's the game. Like, you know, you're on there with dudes like Brad and Dunbar had just come off the ruins and were just completely defeated. And they were like, we are not going to get put in this situation again. So they played the smart political game there. But Brandon got stuck with some pretty crappy circumstances after that. He got Ty as a partner who sucked. Went up again. Went up in a hall brawl against Zach, which is brutal. And it was because he didn't have the right friends. The reason he got in that situation. And then who was his partner on Rivals Two? Was it Leroy? No, he's not on Rivals Two. He's not. I thought he was. No. Never mind. He's on Rivals One with Ty. And oh, and he was on the Fresh Meat team from Seasons, which you got the anchor. Oh yeah, easy. he got easy on that team. That team, if they had like any other Fresh Meat guy besides Easy, that team was actually pretty good. Yeah. And I still hate that we didn't get the road rules team on that season that Derek said got the calls and they all accepted and then they went with the fresh meat team instead. Like if you'd have had Derek, Darrell, Rachel, and yeah, Katie Doyle, but that team wins. That is still a good team. 
Well, yeah, because the thing is, too, when you get to the final, each of those teams has an anchor. So Kate, it's like Kate, it'd basically be KD versus Devin versus Sam in terms of who wins. Hey, uh, we, we saw KD's endurance, and she was able to do it while she was smoking. So I think she would have been fine. That's true. She was running on a treadmill while smoking and still won. So Pretty good. So, good times. This has been a great episode, guys. I've enjoyed this. Thanks for having me on, Daz. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, Pat, I'm sure you have plenty of stuff to plug. So. Yeah, hit away, Pat. Tell people where where they can follow you. Just uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the PME. Uh, but just subscribe to my show. Uh, if you want the video version, YouTube and Facebook's probably the easiest way to find it for the video version. Rob comes on sometimes. We use a phoner board for him though, because just seeing a live shot of Rob would be just outrageous. But <laughs> iTunes. I don't think I've once. actually ever seen a live shot of Rob. No, we did once, and people were commenting that I looked like I was in a prison. It did. Yeah, you looked like you did it in the hallway of a prison. Are, isn't he at George Mason, which is the same thing? Yeah, I mean we've had multiple bomb, we've had multiple bomb threats, so that's <laughs> true. That has been one of the hallmarks of the show. Okay, so behind the scenes, sorry Pat, we're gonna get back to what you're plugging. So no, people that have listened to this show, yeah. Rob has probably the most challenging circumstances for recording because usually he's recording on campus at George Mason somewhere. Is that correct? That is correct. I'm currently on campus at George Mason after trying to find after moving through some tunnels in order to get into the building. Yes. There was one episode where we had to stop recording halfway through because a bomb threat basically shut down the campus. And he went to three different rooms, and the same cop showed up twice. I really wish I had had the recorder running during all of that because it was some of the most entertaining stuff of Devin and I speculating if Rob was being blown up in transit to the next room. (laughs) Jesus. Rob, so, Rob told me that he had created this like Zodiac board of all the challenge alliances that he had on behind him, but his video feed was so bad we replaced it. We, we just put a phoner over him. Uh, so we, <laughs> yeah. My grandmother also found that once, and of course she has never seen the challenge, and she thought it was like a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry, Pat. So, how do people find you on YouTube and all your podcast stuff? Yeah, I mean, just Google Pat Mayo. I'll come up. Me or some South African retired soccer player. Uh, it's me or him. And guess what? I Even by the sound of my voice, you can tell that I probably don't look like this dude. But Pat Mayo Experience, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts, you can find the Pat Mayo Experience. I got a new show every single day of the week, sometimes on weekends. I love it. And then besides the challenge, what else do you cover? Oh, mainly I cover football and golf and basically a ton of pop culture anyway. Like with the I I didn't do the Bachelor this time around. I usually do do the Bachelor and the Challenge is my reality shows. But now the Challenge runs so much that, you know, it's a year long thing. But with the Democratic primaries coming up, I'll probably start hitting those, too. Those are fun. I love it. Cool. Gambling on politics is always fun. It is. Hey, one of the biggest bets I ever won was Bernie to win the Michigan primary in 2015 over Hillary. It was a fantastic day. What are the odds? Uh, the odds were 48 to one, yeah. and they were po- they were pulling within four points of each other, which was inside the margin of error. Wow. 48 to one, really? Wow. Yeah. I would have probably bet on that if I had known that. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. All right, Devin, take us home. Maybe. You broke up. Say it again. Sorry. Almost a perfectly on. clean episode. We were so close to a perfectly clean episode. All right, I'm making a note. 135. All right. I will repeat my go-home line of, all right, Devin, take us home. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't edit it out. Leave it in. Let the people know what happens. <laughs> Why not? Thanks, Why not? everyone, for listening. Uh, you can listen to us 
you can listen to our last episode where we did the final uh, third of the Inferno 2. Um, all of our other episodes at our website, thechallengechronicles.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you can find podcasts. And we'll Stitcher. be with you next time, Stitcher. And you can uh, listen to us next time where we discuss the first third of the Gauntlet 2. Thanks, everyone. Bye.